I would like to see and press them to see their actual reports, not an Excel spreadsheet that they've doctored up. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello and welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. With me, we got Matt Jones. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm great. Today's my birthday, the day that we're recording. Woohoo! Happy mm-hmm. birthday, Matt. Thank you're you, yeah. what? You're 22 now? Uh, yeah, plus a few years, yeah. Plus a few, plus 22 plus a few. Oh, that's mm-hmm. all right, though. Well, happy birthday, man. Uh, c- congrats on on making it this many years and keep keep up the good work. No, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, my, my son's, my son's birthday, num, big, big old number eight was uh, two days ago. And so we did some little bit of celebrating and we got him a, we got him a brand new bike. So he's all mm. excited about that. Actually brand new used bike, but I'm too, I'm too cheap to get a, a, a <laughs> new one. <laughs> he right. doesn't know. He doesn't know the difference. He don't care. Uh, so yeah, we're having a, a big old birthday bash for him this weekend with the, with his buddies. Uh, they're going to go play some street hockey and then come back and, and have some cake and pizza and, mm. and hang out. So yeah, Sounds like he's, fun. Uh, he's super excited for it. So that's good stuff. Are you having a big old birthday party with all your friends too, with some cake and uh, ice cream? Oh, we're going out to a patio for just a few there of you us. Go. So. Perfect. Awesome. Well, cool, Matt. Um, so any, anything else new or should we jump in? I think so. let's just jump in. All right, man. What are we talking about today? All right. Well, last week we talked about uh, financing, getting bank financing. And today we're going to be talking about once you've got that underway, it's time to do some due diligence. Make sure the property is in the condition that you uh, are expecting and to be aware of any potential problems that might arise. Yeah. So, I mean, we got, we got this property under contract, right? We got it under contract. We got the PSA signed. So uh, by the way, uh, let's review that real quick. You can put the LOI in the letter of intent. And once the letter of intent uh, gets negotiated and accepted, we, we then need to negotiate the purchase and sale agreement. Typically we hire an attorney on our end, seller hires an attorney on their end, and we negotiate this purchase and sale agreement to where we get to all the terms and all the, you know, the length of the due diligence, what the due diligence uh, requirements are, all that kind of stuff all the way to how, how we close on the deal. So once that's all teed up and done, then we want to do the physical due diligence and we want to actually audit, you know, all their financials, you know, up to this point, you've probably only looked at, let's call it six units. You probably haven't looked at a lot of units. It's funny. I just had a conversation with a gentleman today and we were talking about going into some units and, and how the seller just showed the best units, but like, there's some terrible units that were in there. Why didn't you show us this? You know? And so what I do when I get my first walkthrough is they'll typically ask, well, how many units you want to see? And I'll say, well, you know, first of all, I'd like to see as many as you can, you know, maybe we can get to, you know, six to 10 units, but I really would like to get, make sure I see the, some of the worst units. And I don't care that they're bad and, and you you don't really feel like showing them. I want to see some of the worst units and I want to see some of the moderate units and I want to see some of the best. So that's important to try to do uh, because if we get into due diligence, Matt, and we've only looked at the best units that showed us six and they were the best units. And now we get into the other, 
you know, 94 units and they're in terrible condition, we probably can't move forward with the deal. And we just waste a lot of time and money. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so yeah. So anyway, so that's the process that led up to right now. And now is the time to do your due diligence. So where do we start? Purchase sale agreement is signed. The documents that you requested are all sent to you. The clock starts ticking. We typically on multifamily have anywhere between 30 and 45 day due diligence, usually, you know, 30 days. So clock starts ticking. What do we do? Where do we go? That's important to know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's negotiable, I think, too. Uh, you know, sometimes to make a better offer, you can have shorter due diligence, but that puts a time press on you. Yeah, absolutely. So first things first for me, we want to we look at all the financial documentation that they provided us. So what kind of things are we looking for, Matt, when we're looking at paperwork? Uh, you're looking at the T12, uh, every single leaf for every what, single unit. Just slow down. T12 yeah. is, is what? Uh, the uh, trailing 12 months worth of expenses and income. Perfect. So it, yeah, details all that stuff. Yeah. And then uh, every every lease for every unit, and you want to match those against all the current tenants to make sure there's they're accurate. Yep. The uh, rent roll that they provide, mm -hmm. definitely. Yeah. Because if you have some fake tenants or, or tenants that aren't paying what uh, the lease uh, are saying, you know, you those things need to come out during the due diligence. And that happens too, by the way. So yeah, we, we definitely want those leases. We want the current rent roll. We want to understand what kind of concessions or anything else that's going on with those leases. Th those are, are really important. What else do we, we want to see? Uh, you want to see if uh, any tax uh, records and uh, if there's any environmental issues that you need to be aware of. Yep. So, so tax records, and we're talking actually uh, with taxes, we're talking property tax records. Uh, you know, all the assessments, all that kind of stuff that's been going on. I want to actually be able to dig in with the city and the county to see if there's any anything outstanding. I want to see, you know, if there's anything coming up. Uh, your title company will do a lot of that work. So we'll have title come in and really dig into what's going on on the title, make sure it's clean. Uh, and then we want to talk about actual taxes from the seller. So I want to see their last few years of real taxes. When you talk T12, uh, the trailing last 12 months, I want more than just that though. I want also detailed profit and loss statements for the last three years. Um, I want to see everything that's been going on with that property. Uh, and I want to see definitely details in the current year budget. I want to see what they've spent in CapEx, uh, capital expenditures, meaning you know, roofs and appliances and, you know, big stuff that they might not put on their maintenance and repair line items. So mm -hmm. I want to see also, you know, and this is, this is sometimes um, you can't get it, but I would like to see and press them to see their actual reports, not an Excel spreadsheet that they've doctored up and potentially deleted stuff. Mm -hmm. So Part of my investigation is to try to find out what type of software they're using before I ask for some of that questions, those things. And so if they say, oh yeah, we use, um, 
we use Appfolio and they send me an Excel document, I can say, no, send me the Appfolio report directly from your books. Um, yeah, that makes sense. I want signatures if they're not, especially if they're not able to do that. But no matter what, I want signatures on the documents that they're sending me. Uh, the current rent roll, I want a signature that says that that's an actual current rent roll. And I want a signature from them on the T12 that says that the information is true and accurate. So anything else, Matt, that, uh, uh, on the paperwork side? Yeah, you want to see the utility uh, bills? Yep. And uh, any staff payroll? Yep. Yep. Um, insurance? Yep. And uh, any sort of inventory of any things that they, they own that are on the property? Yeah, absolutely. All, all those good things. Uh, the other thing I, I request, especially if I know they've been doing renovation, is I request uh, lien waivers from them. And so I want to make sure that we've got all the lien waivers. I want to see all the contracts too. Uh, typically we have, a lot of times we have laundry contracts. Um, we sometimes have landscaping contracts. Uh, we might have a cell tower contract. We might have, I mean, there's all kinds of things that you could have contracts for pool maintenance contract. Um, you know, so you want to see those contracts. You want to see what the stipulations are of those contracts. Are they, are they month to month? Are they, is it a loose contract? Is it, you know, what kind of, uh, is it a 10 year contract? Does it have certain step-ups? Um, all kinds of things. How, how easy is it to get out of? Um, all, all that kind of stuff I want to see. Um, uh, you know, and, and a, you mentioned environmental uh, survey. Do we have a survey? You know, that's really important. So we're looking at, uh, we, we don't have to keep going uh, on this, but we're really wanting to dive into all of the paperwork and really make sure that, you know, it's true and accurate. And then the next step, once we say, hey, we've got all this stuff, we feel pretty comfortable, nothing, nothing just as a complete red flag. The next step and very quickly is physical due diligence. Okay, so let's talk about that because that's a lot more fun. Physically going to do your due diligence on the building. So what do we want to do, Matt? How many units do you want to walk on a hundred unit building? You want to walk every single unit. Uh, otherwise you might have some nasty surprises waiting for you. Yeah. So walk every single last unit, look for specific things. So I want to really be paying attention to any kind of evidence of leaks. So top floor, really be looking at the ceiling, right? understand is there fresh paint is there you know what what kind of what's going on there any evidence of leaks um i want to look on every other floor around the walls uh, especially by the windows if it's older is there any evidence of windows leaking and then i want to look in the bathroom in the kitchen any evidence of plumbing leaking I want to look and see what kind of plumbing is coming out of the wall. Is it cast iron, galvanized? Is it copper? Is it PVC? You know, and I, we want to look at stuff like that. So we're really diving into some of the details of the building. We want to understand if there's any problem. So any tenant that you run into, hey, you know, how's it going? Uh, do you have any? Do you have any maintenance issues that you guys have been seeing? You know, that type of stuff. Um, 
you know, uh, how long have you been, how, how long have you been living here? You know, what are, what are any of the, the concerns that you have, um, that type that type of stuff. So you might not talk to every single tenant, but talk to a desk, definitely quite a few of them as you go through the building. Uh, the other thing I really like to do is talk with the staff that's currently there. So I want to talk to the maintenance person. I want to talk to the leasing staff and I'm asking them as many questions as I possibly can too. Big red flag for me as well. And this is a, typically, I already know this before the due diligence is, is my staff all brand new? Why are they all brand new? Well, a lot of times you see that staff is brand new. They know nothing about the buildings. Well, it's because the buildings have a lot of scary things going on with them. Mm. And so they hire the brand new staff. They, they list the building and get it to sell because the staff can't tell you anything. So what are they hiding there? We really want to dive in, uh, especially if we got brand new staff on site. And are you looking at crime maps or sex offender or sex offender registry lists? Yeah, absolutely. We want to, you know, we've done that prior to due diligence. We've looked at crime maps. We've looked at, uh, yeah, all, all that kind of stuff to make sure this is an area we really want to be in. Um, but you know, it, it never hurts in due diligence to go through that stuff again to make sure you didn't miss anything. Um, physical walk. I want to bring my property management company through. I want them to walk with me, right? I, who's going to be my regional? Who's going to be my onsite? If we already know that, I want them to walk with me. I want my you know, one, one of the main, you know, directors or owners or so, somebody that's, you know, higher up in the property management company to be there. Uh, I also want my contractor to be there. Who's going to be doing the majority of the work. If I, if I'm general contracting, I've got my plumber, electrician and so on. I'm going to ask them to come individually. Otherwise, if there's a general, I'm going to ask them to have their plumber, electrician, roofer, uh, HVAC person there. We want to check out all the systems, right? So we're going, to, we're going to have our HVAC go thoroughly, go through the HVAC equipment, test it, make sure it's working. We're going to get core samples on the roof to make sure that the roof's in good condition. They said they replaced it five years ago. Did they really? Or did they just, what, what did they actually do? Did they do an overlay? What did they do? You know, so we want to really understand what's going on with all that, that type of stuff. So I want experts to be looking at things like that. So we understand what's going on. Uh, the other big thing I wanna do is a sewer scope. I do a sewer scope for any building that's you know more than about 20 years old. Or if it's younger than 20 years and it's got a lot of big trees around it, I'm gonna do a sewer scope as well. So we wanna really make sure that that's in good condition. And if it's not, we have to budget for a replacement, which can run you, you know, $10,000 you know, up to depends on how many sewers you got or, or what, what your lines look like, but $10,000 or, or greater. Yeah. If you have to dig up some city streets and things like that, then the Could price costs a lot of money. Yep. Yep. So we're really just looking at overall structure, what's happening there, what's going on and making sure it's an excellent condition or it's in the condition you expected it to be right. Um, 
we, we don't want any surprises. Part of it is, you know, I don't want to overpay for a building. The other part of it is I don't, I just don't want surprises after I get in. If I can budget for it, if I can plan for it, we can change the budget slightly because, you know, now, now we know we have to do more or maybe we have to take some dollars from here and move it over to here. That's good up front. Doesn't necessarily mean you find things and you have to cancel the deal, but you got to, you have to be aware of what's going on. Beyond the due diligence. Oh, the other thing I, I always do is uh, I always do a pest uh, inspection. So we're looking for termites and bed bugs and, and that type of stuff. Now in Minnesota, we don't look for termites because we don't have them. But um, in most states that I invest in, we, we do potentially have them. So we're looking for stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So we did the due diligence. We did the physical. We've done the paper. The other thing I want to really do is the market. And so that does entail some of the crime apps and stuff like that, that you talked about, likely you've done some of that before, and maybe you've already done all of this before, but if you haven't, what we like to do prior to doing our physical due diligence on the building is I like to actually go in and secret shop some of my competition. I want to see what they have to offer. I want to see how comparable they actually are to me. So we go in, we secret shop them. So we pretend we're a tenant. We pretend we're a prospective tenant looking to rent in that area. And we get to tour a couple of units. We get to tour the common areas. We get to really ask a lot of, a lot of nice questions to um, the leasing staff, maintenance person, potentially even, um, and understand what's, what's happening. So what are the key things you're trying to find out when you're a secret shop? Yeah. Um, occupancy concessions, um, pet, you know, pet rent or other types of rent, you know, or are they charging rubs? And so there's, there's a lot of times that the advertised rent isn't necessarily the rent. So we might look at a building and go, wow, they're, they're advertising for, you know, 1275, we can get 1275, but when you walk in, yeah, 1275 is the advertised price, but you can get it for, you know, 1200 and they'll throw in a, a one month concession for you too. So you get one month for free. If you sign a 12 year lease, huh? Okay. Well, that's, that's a totally different story, right? So we want to really dive into what's going on there. We want to ask those questions on the financials. Um, you know, how many units do you have available? Oh, you got, you got, oh, you have some one bedrooms available. Do you have any twos available as well? Oh yeah. We've got, you know, six twos available right now. Oh, great. You know, um, look at the amenity spaces, look at the overall condition of the building, overall condition of the units. You know, what are the finishes like? That's, that's your comparable. That's your competition. So if you were planning on coming in and doing, granite countertops, brand new cabinets, uh, beautiful LVT flooring, um, the whole works. And they've got laminate countertops. Their cabinets have not been replaced. They've just got painted. Um, you know, there, there's carpet throughout. Okay. Well, do you really, if that's all your competition, do you really need to go to the extensive level that you were thinking? Probably not. You're probably wasting your money. So we, we want to look at things like that. 
yeah, you don't want to overbuild your property beyond what market uh, conditions are. Well, and same thing with underbuilding, Matt. I mean, we just, we, we, we purchased a property back in um, November and we did our physical walk of several buildings nearby. I uh, got really excited about the market, looked at what was going on and every building that was a hundred percent occupied. And these, these buildings are 98 to hundred percent occupied. They're in excellent condition. They're charging top dollar rents. They've got everything brand new. And then you look at the ones that are in horrible, not horrible condition, outdated condition, and their vacancy rates are higher. The rents are lower. And so we said, wow, we want to be, we want to be that like, that's what we want to emulate and look at what we can get for rent. So instead of putting $2 million into it, we're going to put $4 million into it. Let's see what the numbers look like. We ran the numbers and we said, wow, it actually looks better putting more money into this building. Let's do it. So sometimes you're, you're actually, it's the other way. You, you planned on doing something cheap and you realize, wow, we have to, we really should go all out on this thing. Now you can, if you can get a higher return, uh, that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So um, I think one of the biggest things on the due diligence is don't do it yourself. Make sure you, you're surrounding yourself with experts in the fields that, that you need experts in. You can hire companies to do every little last aspect of it, or you can do it yourself with your team. My property management company spends a lot of time on due diligence with us. They're going through the leases. They're going through the T12s. They're doing all that as well. Uh, we're really relying on a lot of other people during this whole process. And uh, you should as well. Don't, don't expect to do it yourself. I'll tell you one of the bigger mistakes I made on one of my earlier buildings is, you know, I, I was used to buying single family houses or small apartment buildings. And so I can do most of it myself. I hire an inspector, they do their thing and I do, uh, do mine. And I thought that was okay to do on a larger building. Uh, I, I, I don't feel like I missed a ton of stuff, but I missed some stuff that, that I easily would have caught if I had, the same process I have now in place. So make sure you have your due diligence checklist, make sure you follow it thoroughly and get, get a good team in place. Yep. Makes sense. I'm curious though, uh, what sort of things during your due diligence would cause you to renegotiate the price or, or other terms? Man, it, it just, it, honestly, first of all, you don't want to renegotiate. Um, if you, if you don't, if you don't have to, so don't mm -hmm. do it just, just because that's called retrading and, and you get a bad name in the industry pretty quickly. People don't like it. Brokers don't like it. Sellers don't like it. It just, it doesn't look good on you. So don't, let's try not to do it, but what do you, what can you retrade for if you need to? Well, if, if there's, if there's things that were hidden, especially things that were, you know, obviously hidden. Like the seller was just trying to pull something over on you. I don't feel bad for that. It's easy to go to the broker. Look, the seller told me this. I mean, look at, look at this. Like I can't buy this building for this price. Look at, look at all. I mean, this is super obvious that they were trying to hide these issues on us. So that's something that, you know, I think would be pretty easy to, to renegotiate on. Um, big items that you couldn't have seen during your initial walk. Again, the seller 
probably should have had you look at it or probably should have told you about it, but didn't. So we're talking that, you know, that maybe that sewer scope comes back and you've got to do $150,000 worth of sewer work. You know, um, maybe the seller said the roofs were in great condition, but when you do your, your core sample, they say, look, these roofs are, are, they're, they're, they're terrible. We got to replace them all. And then all this decking is rotten. Somebody just did a quick overlay on this and they've been having problems for the last, you know, 10 years. Okay. They, they hid the problem. Okay, great. Like that's a renegotiating point. So things like that, I would say are, are points for renegotiation. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, e even you dig through the rent roll and you start matching leases up and you go, Hey, I think uh, you guys say you're at 90% occupancy, but you're actually at 82% occupancy, you know, like something like that, of course. That, that might be grounds for cancellation because they're committing fraud. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, you know, it, you, know you, you never know, but again, we try not to renegotiate. It looks bad upon us. It looks bad upon the broker uh, and, and just nobody likes it. So. Okay. Cool. Anything else, Matt, that you want to add? No, I think that's it. Okay. The, the other thing too is talk with your lender prior to sending over the due diligence items or the items that you're going to need for due diligence. Talk with your lender and ask them what they will need so you can make sure that you come armed with everything. That way it happens mm -hmm. right away. We typically start our due diligence process once we receive all that material. Now that is a negotiating point, but we typically try to push for that. Once we receive everything, the due diligence starts make sure you have everything that you're actually going to need so talk with your lender. Hey, what items will you need from the seller? Yeah, that's, that's good advice because if uh, you've got 30 days of due diligence and the seller is dragging their feet with giving you all the financial documents, right. That that's into your time. They can drag that right out of due diligence mm. if you didn't negotiate that into your contract. Mm. So, yeah. So, all right, Matt. Well, I don't have anything else. Due diligence is a lot of fun. It's a lot of stress. Uh, due diligence is negative a lot of times. So be, be aware that once you get through this, you're always looking for what could go wrong with the property. So a lot of times my excitement over the property actually goes down quite a bit after due diligence. And then it goes up after I really start thinking more about it and like the excitement about the property, but because you're thinking so kind of like, okay, what, what could, what could go wrong here? Uh, but it's, uh, it's definitely a necessary thing you got to do. Make sure you got the right team. So it can also help you find creative ways to add value where you didn't realize before. Absolutely. That's a great point. Um, man, you, there's so many different ways to add value to the pro a property and going through thorough due diligence can really help you think creatively, come up with brand new ideas, um, different uses for things. It, it, it definitely can be a fun process. Awesome. All right, Matt, you have a fantastic rest of the day. Make every day Saturday. Thanks. You too. 
Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe, uh, give us a thumbs up, go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. But your rating and review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to VentureDProperties.com, VentureDProperties.com and download our free ebook uh, on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and, and also look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out and uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.